Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilbur Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing planning a wedding without going broke. Today we are talking about weddings, everything from venues and the number of guests that are going to be at your wedding, all the way down to things like flowers. And you, my friend, have been to more weddings than anybody else I know. (laughs) I know weddings, that's for sure, being a wedding photographer. But how long have uh, you and Emily been married now, man? Yeah, so we've been married just over eight years. And you guys, double digits, right? Yeah. Oh, dude, more than double digits. We're hitting 12 this year. 12 years, man. That's that's amazing. Yeah, that's pretty crazy, right? Congrats. What's up? Yeah, if only we knew some of what we know now about weddings (laughs) and ways to save money. We definitely uh, did our wedding on a budget, but uh, there's certainly some of these tips here that we didn't take advantage of back when I was a youngster. But yeah, we're looking forward to sharing these with our listeners today. Well, one quick money-saving tip, Matt, before we get straight into the weddings. 
I wanted to let people know that uh, the SIFT app that we mentioned in our Lesser Known Credit Card Benefits episode just saved me another 10 bucks. I love how this app working in the background is just kind of lurking, trying to save you some money. And so <laughs> I have a particular card that has price protection on it. And I know a lot of credit card issuers have recently dropped price protection. So you might have had a card that used to have price protection. And you know what? As of the first of the year or last summer, it might not have that anymore. So you'll want to double check and see which credit cards you have in your wallet actually have price protection. Which one is that, by the way? The City Costco card. Ah, yeah, is the Costco. One. Yep, that's the one I use. So I still can't get on board with uh, joining Costco, man. It's just so far away. All right, we're going to have to do a whole episode, <laughs> I think, about big box stores. You want to do it? Let's do it. Let's do it soon. All right. But so anybody that doesn't have the SIFT app, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. It's really nice how it just works in the background. And it's something that I would have never thought to even look at. They were, it was these gutter guards that I bought from Costco. And I saved an additional 10 bucks just because SIFT was looking for me. I never would have looked for myself. So yeah, just an awesome money-saving win right there. Okay, so you're talking about gutter guards, like the things that go on top of your gutter to keep the leaf uh, the leaves out, right? Exactly. Okay, I don't, I don't, don't want to be cleaning the leaves out all the time. No, that's fine. It took me when you said gutter guards, and I was like, what is he talking about? Context. I need some context. That's all. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'll go ahead and introduce our beer for today, man. It is called Juice Pack, and it is a double dry hop pale ale. And this is out of Texas from Tupps Brewery. This is another beer from Jake. And Jake, we want to thank you so much for sending us a couple delicious beers that we're having back to back. We had that first one on Monday's episode. And uh, yeah, looking forward to this one today. And we'll let you know what we think about this beer at the end of the episode. But for now, on to the topic at hand. Weddings are expensive. And weddings are super personal. Nobody wants to be told how to do their wedding. Yeah, sort of like that episode we just did on uh, teaching your children about money. <laughs> Nobody wants us telling them how to raise their kids. But hopefully we did cover some tips that were helpful. We're going to step in again in this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Weddings this time. Because <laughs> no one wants to be told how to wedding either, right? Uh, and, and some girls and, and some boys too have dreamed about their wedding since they were little kids. And it can be hard to kind of part with those years of dreams that you've had growing up into a reality that includes a strict budget. But just like everything in life, you know, Matt, I think we think there is a sweet spot. And studies reveal this same thing, that the happiest couples don't spend more than $20,000 on their wedding. And that's at the same time where the average price of a wedding costs over $30,000. So it just sounds like the happiest couples just like getting a 30% discount. <laughs> exactly. They're a little bit frugal, right? Yeah. They want to live life a little differently. I mean, you get 30% off of anything. You're pretty happy, right? And it's almost like the same studies that talk about what average income in the United States equates to happiness. And it, typically, most studies say that it's right around $70,000. And if you earn much more than that, that it doesn't really make you appreciably more happy. Well, the same thing when it comes to weddings. Actually spending more than $20,000 on your wedding will in all likelihood make you less happy. If you put too much pressure on the day and spend too much money uh, on this one special day trying to blow it out, sadly, the chances of divorce go up in tandem with how much more you spend over that $20,000 amount. So luckily for us today, Joel, I have a good amount of experience when it comes to weddings. I've shot weddings for over 10 years now, over 300 weddings. Can you believe that? That's, that's incredible, dude. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> um, and everything from like smaller backyard brunch weddings to like super high end weddings that cost like two to three hundred thousand dollars. You ever shot uh, one on like a yacht? No, I've never shot a wedding on a yacht, but I have uh, shot before on a catamaran. They had a, a happy hour at sunset on a giant catamaran. That's pretty cool too. It's pretty dope, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, I love weddings. Like people talk about how it's something that like oh you get tired of them. 
I don't really get tired of them. I think they're a ton of fun. And honestly, the ones I enjoy the most, though, as a photographer are the weddings where they tend to be relaxed and you know they're having a good time. And that's honestly when they're not overspending. And instead, they're focusing on putting their money towards the things that matter to them, to the things that they actually value. Because deep down, I think they, they truly know that their money is being well spent. They've thought it through and they know that, okay, this is awesome. This is awesome. <laughs> this is awesome. And they're not getting sucked into the overspending and feeling like that they have to do things just because somebody mentioned it in some wedding magazine. Yeah. So if you've listened to our show for very long, you know probably that we're not going to recommend getting married on a yacht or necessarily even a catamaran, right? But I don't know. Happy hour on a catamaran sounds awesome. <laughs> that, does, uh, that does sound pretty nice. If you were there, you would have liked it. <laughs> I'm sure. Trust, trust me. I'm sure. And we're also going to recommend that you don't completely cheap out because if you go that route, you could have major regrets because a wedding is a really special day, right? It is a fun party. It's a chance to celebrate one of the most meaningful events you'll ever celebrate in your entire life. And so you don't want to look back and have regrets that you didn't spend enough. So finding that balance is key. And we'll dive into the specific ways that you can save some money on your wedding without having regrets right after the break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money and now a word from the show sponsors at betterment do you want your money to dream big do you want your money to be a total self-starter are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough don't worry betterment is here to help Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. 
Spring cleaning is kind of a, an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right, Joel, the first thing that we need to focus on if you are planning a wedding is to consider what is most important to you. You know, before you even start planning a wedding, you want to consider what it is that is most important to you and your fiance. You need to ask yourself, how do I want to experience this day? Or like, what do I want my guests to experience? Those are sort of the big why questions that once you answer those, the rest of the money questions that pop up inevitably when it comes to planning a wedding will become much, much easier. I say this to my couples all the time. If there are aspects and parts of a wedding that you just don't care about and that are not meaningful to you, just skip those, right? So if you don't like cake, well, there's no reason for you to have a wedding cake. Instead, maybe food trucks are, are what you're all about. Let's say that you're not into big bands or like that kind of music. Well, maybe instead you're really into karaoke and instead you can have some awesome karaoke at your reception. Like the idea is to make sure that it's reflective of you and your personality as a couple. You want to infuse as much of that into the wedding as possible. And again, hopefully that will direct your decisions when it comes to making purchases for your wedding. Yeah. So of course, the cheapest way to get married would be to elope. Just get married at the courthouse, fly to Vegas, right? And go to one of the wedding chapels on the strip. We're talking about 60 bucks, maybe many hundreds of dollars if you're buying a flight, right? That's that's pretty inexpensive. But in all likelihood for most people, that's not going to meet the requirement of having a party with friends and family that they care about, of bringing in people that they haven't seen in years and just making it a grand old time. So while eloping might work for some people, and more power to you, if, if that is the kind of wedding that you want, you're going to save a lot of money. But this episode is geared towards people trying to throw a wedding with, with a guest list. And so Matt, let's get to the main ways that you can save while doing that. All right, man. Let's talk first about location. So where you get married will likely have the largest impact on your overall budget, not only because of the actual cost of the venue, but there's the secondary costs associated with it as well. We did an entire episode on secondary costs and, and why things end up costing more than you think. Well, on that note, it's tougher to have an affordable wedding at a really, really fancy venue, right? Like if you're getting married in Atlanta at the Swan House, it's the super high-end historical fancy place. Sounds like it. <laughs> it's where uh, President uh, Snow's mansion was in the Hunger Games. Oh, uh, you know okay. about? Yeah, for sure. That house. <laughs> it is extremely expensive. And, and, and they've probably got a smaller list of caterers that you can go with, right? And exactly. Everything man. just gets more expensive based on that initial decision. Yes, it's tough to have an affordable wedding at the Swan House. 
However, on the opposite end of the spectrum, if you're going to get married, say, at a brewery, it's becoming more and more popular to get married at a brewery. They're affordable. Uh, There's great beer there, obviously. But that would also allow you to not include certain vendors that might be a lot more expensive. Speaking of breweries and alcohol, Matt, it's worth asking a potential venue that you're looking at getting married in to see if they allow you to bring your own booze. Because there's a huge markup when it comes to beer, wine, and spirits from a food vendor for a wedding. And so if you can bring your own in and have your buddy manning the keg, I mean, that can be a major savings for you. I know my wife and I, we got a couple pony kegs of some cheap beer. That was before I was like madly into craft beer. <laughs> and uh, and we saved a lot of money by bringing our own beer in and also having two buck chuck. Like that's literally the only things that people could drink besides water at our wedding. And we saved a lot of money doing it that way. Another tip, when you are bringing in your own alcohol, you want to make sure that you buy it from someplace that will allow you to return unopened bottles. Because obviously, you want to have enough on hand for the party. But at the same time, you don't want to get stuck with a bunch of unopened cases of bourbon, if that's what you happen to have on hand. Uh, Same thing with kegs. Obviously, you can't return a keg. So keep that in mind as well, because, well, you're just going to have to drink it before it goes bad. (laughs) That's the wedding after party right there, right? Another important thing when it comes to location, Matt, is that a lot of venues will offer better rates during less popular seasons. So for instance, January and February, those are not popular months to get married in, right? And you know that because you have very few requests for your services during those months. So considering getting married then, or also on alternative days of the week. So everyone gets married on a Saturday, pretty much. So if you're willing to get married on a Sunday instead of a Saturday, well, you could probably save some substantial money on your venue if you do that too. Also, if you get married outdoors, say just out in nature in a park, or maybe at a private residence at a house, that can be a more affordable way to book a venue, but it's not always the case. You know, you need to take weather into account. If you're willing to risk it, then sure, you know, you can save a ton of money. But if you're looking at getting a tent, maybe you need to bring in a dance floor. If the backyard's not perfectly even, you can easily fork out several thousand dollars to kind of get a backyard up to snuff. But I love the idea of just kind of eloping and being out in nature. I've done that a couple times and dude, that's just like the best because I love hiking and being out in nature and I love taking pictures and I also love making a living. And so when I can combine all three of those things together, that's the best. Yeah. And the pictures when you're out in nature are amazing. They're the best, right? I mean, Emily and I, we got married at uh, the Memphis Zoo because so she's from Memphis and we decided to get married at the zoo there. And so we got this kind of mix of indoor and outdoor shots photos of us in front of like the lions and the flamingos and stuff like that. So just kind of really fun memories to, th- to think back at those pictures. But at the same time, if we had to choose something else, I think we probably totally would have gotten married somewhere in nature, just with some kind of crazy cliff overlooks or something. I don't know, something interesting like that. Yeah, those, <laughs> those pictures are super popular these days. You just get like a $100 permit and boom, you're shooting in Yosemite and you're getting married at the same time. That sounds awesome. Well, you mentioned Tennessee as well, and that's something else to consider is that geographically, you know, on average, it's more expensive to have a wedding in some cities and states versus others. So for instance, on average, uh, a wedding in Long Island, New York, it's about $60,000 versus Texas, where these beers were sent to us from, it's about $30,000, so half as much. So you know, if it's a toss-up between a couple different states, maybe your home state versus your fiance's home state, it's worth you know considering what the actual costs are in the state or the city that you're considering getting married in. All right, now we're going to tackle, Matt, the all-important issue of guest count. 
And this one gets touchy because the future in-laws and your own parents have their ideas of who they want at this wedding. And to a certain extent, depending on your relationship with your parents or your in-laws, you probably need to respect some of their wishes. But it's really important for you as the couple to invite the folks that really matter to you and to not just invite folks purely out of obligation, especially because that ramps up the cost. Well, yeah, man. I mean, the, the guest count directly impacts your catering costs. You know, If you can cut back from, say, 150 guests... Cut that in half down to 75 guests. That could save you $5,000, over $5,000 if you're looking at $70 a head for catering. And you know, if food isn't really that much of a priority for you, again, this kind of goes back to the initial question, like the big overall, what are our priorities going to be? If food isn't a priority for you, instead, maybe you can look at some local barbecue or let's say there's some awesome food trucks in your city. And honestly, those are going to be much, much more affordable as well. Yeah. And I think when it comes to food, Matt, too, going with a daytime wedding is going to be much more cost effective when you're talking about providing food for however many guests you have, right? The per head cost is just going to go way down if you're providing lunch as opposed to dinner. And folks tend not to drink quite as much wine at lunch either, you know? <laughs> exactly. And the expectations, honestly, are just overall lower for you know, a lunch get together than they are for a special fancy sit down dinner wedding. Yeah, man, that's so true. That's a good tip. But we should have mentioned that in sort of the, when we we're talking about the venue. But the venue you choose will also indicate sort of the level of fanciness, right? And so you choose a brewery, folks are going to maybe expect the barbecue option and maybe a food truck versus if you've got one of the nicest hotels or one of the nicest ballrooms in the city. Yeah, the, the, the bar is raised. They're, they're expecting to pull out the tuxedo uh, that they haven't worn in a couple of years. And if you even want to scale back even more, you know, you mentioned eloping. Well, you can elope and then throw a party after the fact. And even calling it a party versus a wedding, you get to save on that wedding markup. Just because wedding or a reception is in the name, it's automatically kind of gets fancier. And, and yeah, like you said, there's a higher bar of what people expect. And it just affects the entire vibe of the wedding day as well. So the time of day and certainly where you have the wedding has a huge impact on the overall cost. All right, Matt, let's get into the rings. And I know that wedding rings kind of have a traditional element and not everyone kind of goes with the traditional flair these days. So for instance, I'm wearing a rubber ring. I got three for 99 cents on eBay, different colors. Is it because you CrossFit, bro? <laughs> no, trust me. If uh, if I CrossFit, all the listeners would have known that on about 20 episodes so far, right? Uh, anybody that CrossFits, you hear about it pretty quickly. But if you don't want to go like the non-traditional route like me and have uh, literally a 33 cent a silicone ring. Well, we think you can find a really awesome diamond ring for between two and four thousand dollars. And the traditional rule of thumb has always been that you should spend three months of your salary on an engagement ring. Honestly, to me, Matt, that feels kind of preposterous. That that sounds ludicrous. I never would have done that. And I'm so glad that I had some people talking sense into me uh, that I didn't have to mortgage my future to buy a, a ring for my wife. And now with the advent of lab-grown diamonds, which are completely indistinguishable from diamonds that you dig up out of the ground, you can save a huge amount of money. And Lightbox and Brilliant Earth are both great websites to shop for. But if you're looking for diamonds that were dug out of the earth, Rare Carrot is the best comparison shopping site for regular diamonds on the internet right now. And so we'll post links to all those in our show notes. Yeah, what's awesome about lab-grown diamonds, man, is that you know, there's a savings there of at least 30% these days because the technology is getting better when it comes to growing these diamonds in labs. Because it's, I mean, it's, it's real work. It takes work. It's not like they can just like run it through a machine real quick. <laughs> but the technology is getting better. And what that means is that the supply is increasing, which obviously means it's making it more affordable. And so, you know, to you as a consumer, 
that is only good news. But also consider going vintage and see if there's a family ring or a family stone. That's actually the kind of ring I have, which means obviously that it was free. (laughs) My favorite price tag. But then in addition to that, obviously it has much more meaning than say a ring that, you know, Kate were to have purchased, you know, online or or somewhere else. I see you staring at my 33 cent ring (laughs) saying it doesn't have any meaning. I mean, if it has meaning to you, that's, that's all the meaning you need. And so how much you spend on a ring, and I think this is so important, but keep in mind, right? How much, Joel, you spend on a ring isn't representative of how much you love someone. But the type of ring you have should be a reflection you know, of your values and of your interest. Uh, we have some friends who you know, they value local artists and the type of ring that they chose doesn't even look like a traditional engagement ring. But to them, it's super special. It means so much to them. And it's a unique work of art. And there's just really no other ring like that. Yeah, you were just talking about vintage rings, Matt. And that's what I went on the hunt for for, for Emily, for my wife. It was kind of a fun shopping process. And when I handed her that ring, I just, I mean, I knew that it was the perfect thing for her. And also it was one of a kind. I feel like I kind of hit the trifecta where I saved some money. I gave her something incredibly unique and something that was meaningful as well. So just know that there are multiple ways to go about ring shopping. And maybe, you know, one of those cheapo silicone rings is completely fine for you. That's great. Or maybe a lab-grown diamond or a vintage ring. There are all these options. Just make sure you're not bound by convention when you're choosing what sort of ring to get. Joel, speaking of rings, have I ever told you the story about uh, Kate's engagement ring having to get cut off before the wedding? No, that sounds terrible. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's a long story. We'll, I'll save it for some other time. But remind me next time we talk about personal articles insurance. I sure will. <laughs> That's a common thing too for people with metal rings. My dad literally just had to get his cut off a couple of weeks ago. Wait, seriously? To save his finger from falling off. No joke. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, on that note, let's talk now about wedding bands and not the kind that you wear on your finger, but a musical wedding band. And so a question you need to ask yourself, do you even want a full wedding band? And if so, then great. That's awesome. But if not, that's an average right there of $4,000 that you can save. Yeah. So if you're Googling wedding band and then your city, you're probably going to pay too much because you're going to find the bands that specialize at playing at weddings. But if you can keep an eye out for folks who aren't in traditional wedding bands serving the wedding industry, because like Matt mentioned earlier, everything costs more money when it has the word wedding attached. Maybe you could scout out events at local breweries and festivals and find bands that are in your area that don't cater specifically to playing at weddings. And if that's the case, if you can find a local band that's pretty solid, that's willing to play some of the tunes that you want played at your wedding, you could save a lot of money on a band that way. Yeah, man, that's exactly what uh, what Kate and I did. We got this band and they weren't technically a wedding band, but they were sort of this jazzy kind of nice cocktail hour like band and... And we were able to request a few songs that we definitely wanted. And man, we loved it. We were able to get the vibe that we're looking for and have the band aspect of it, but without paying that big price tag. However, if you're not into a full band, you can get a good DJ and they are typically going to be more affordable. You can spend around $1,500 for them. And you know, you might be tempted to have a friend run it, kind of do the old school iPod thing where they're you know playing music off their phone. And that can throw a whole wrench <laughs> in things, right? Yeah. I would only recommend this if they know their way around a sound system and if they feel comfortable running the show at the reception. Because honestly, everything kind of falls to the DJ or the band because there's a microphone and people are going to listen to whoever has the microphone. Um, so that might be one area that if you're really focused on having just an awesome party. If that's the case, then you definitely want to either spend that money on that DJ or the band. Yeah, your friend might know how to pull up the right playlist from Spotify, but are they a decent MC? 
and a decent MC goes a long way in getting people out on the dance floor and just making sure things go smoothly. All right, Joel. So next, we're going to talk about photography at me. <laughs> but for real, we'll give our thoughts on wedding photography, uh, flowers, and some other things right after the break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money i'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans we always like to get the families together matt for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer we've already got that trip to st simon's on the calendar pump for that but sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit UpswellMarketing.com. That's UpswellMarketing.com. 
All right, Matt. So I know you're going to say that we should pay our wedding photographers twenty grand a pop, right? Is that the typical going rate? That's like the starting price, right? Twenty <laughs> k. I mean, obviously, I'm biased, right? This is what I do. Uh, but honestly, man, other professionals that I've talked to and other wedding planners, they all say to wedding photography may not be something you want to cut corners on. I will say the only real wedding horror stories I've heard from people are from people who did skimp on a wedding photographer. That's what I'm saying, man. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not trying to get people to pay you more money for weddings. That's definitely not what I'm going for. Thank you very much. (laughs) But people that don't have good pictures or sometimes any pictures to show from their wedding after the fact, that's devastating, man. Like we're talking about this all important day and ways that you can save money on it. And I think that there are ways that you can save money on photography and we'll talk about that. But ultimately going as cheap as possible in this one area you know what you're going to regret more than that extra thousand or two thousand dollars that you spent on a wedding photographer? You're going to regret not having any pictures or having really crummy, grainy pictures because those are pictures that you're going to want to look back on for years and years and decades to come. Yeah, man, there are ways though to save on wedding photography. Oftentimes, I'm contacted by a couple that may not have it in their budget to spend as much on wedding photography, and they ask me like, "How can I still get good photos?" And I try to point them in the direction of new and up and coming photographers because the fact is they haven't established their business yet. They might have a fantastic eye and really are going to be amazing in a couple of years, but they just haven't established themselves. And a couple that's looking to get married can lock in those early rates. And as that photographer gets the experience, they're going to continue to raise their rates, man. That's exactly what we did. We had a lot of folks that locked us in when we first started. And man, we were raising our rates three or four times a year. And there were some weddings where we're shooting a year later and a couple had booked us super early. And you know what? They were getting a heck of a deal because we were charging more than double what we were charging at the time when they booked. So catch them on the ground floor. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Buy low and sell high, right? There like, we go. It's hard to know exactly what the trajectory is going to be for a photographer in their career. But look at the work. Meet with them. If you connect on a personal level and if you like the images, you just got to go with your gut. Another main consideration for folks is flowers. And it's definitely worth considering a local flower shop to kind of help DIY your flower situation at your wedding. You could also consider going to Trader Joe's or Kroger even and loading up on some flowers from the flower section and creating your own flower arrangements. One thing that Emily and I did when we got married was we created paper flowers. Crafty. Yeah, so it was kind of crafty. (laughs) It It was unique. It was different. And it was cheap. <laughs> and so that was kind of a nice, fun way to do our centerpieces. It created the effect we were going for. And you know, we saved a lot of money in the process. You know what? Do you guys still have those around? I remember when we first met you guys, y'all had some of those around your house. You use them to uh, decorate your place. Yeah, no, they're all gone now at this point, okay. I think. <laughs> our kids probably ate them or like something smashed like that. up. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I think for a while, it was kind of fun to decorate with some of our wedding stuff. But at this point, man, I don't know where any of that stuff is. And so, yeah, a local flower shop is, is going to be awesome for the personal flowers. So like boutonnieres and bouquets and even flower arrangements on, on tables and whatnot. However, you're not going to be able to use them, though, for like large flower installations um, or, you know, like the arches that go across at the front of the ceremony site, that, that sort of thing. If that's the case, you're going to want to find an affordable local florist who specializes in weddings. Matt, fill us in on whether you need like a day of coordinator person for your wedding, too. Yeah, you may not need you know, an actual full wedding planner if it's a really small wedding or if it's really simple. You know, If you've got, say, around 50 guests and the ceremony and reception are going to be all in the same location, you may not need a full wedding planner. However, I think almost all weddings should have a day of coordinator. This is the person that's on site making the last minute decisions. They're the person that's normally like being loaded up with all the stress from the day. 
It's essentially a way to pay somebody for you to be able to enjoy your wedding even more so than you'd be able to if you were the one being asked, you know, where do I go? Or how is this supposed to be set up? These are a lot of questions. Uh, and there's just always these last minute things that arise. Yeah, you don't want to be working on your wedding day. That sucks. So that's definitely something worth outsourcing and whether that means paying for like a big time wedding planner or just kind of finding someone that can be the point of contact and the decision maker on the day of at a more reasonable price point or even just a type a friend that can handle some of those basic responsibilities that's definitely not something you want on your plate on your wedding day it's almost worth equating a full wedding planner to someone that's doing your taxes, right? Like we've talked before about how, you know, the cost of a CPA might be worth it because the the savings that they would be able to bring you in your taxes would more than cover their fee. Uh, the same thing applies for some planners. I mean, they're pros. They know what questions to ask. They know how things run. Uh, and they know how to get the deals. And so a good planner is well worth it. Matt, another way that you can plan a wedding without going broke is by communicating well with your partner. And this is honestly probably the most difficult thing to continue to do along the way. You're starting life together and you've each got ideas of wedding grandeur in your head. And as you move along, you forget to keep those lines of communication open. And so more fights kind of pop up sometimes during wedding planning for, for couples. If you are the one who tends to be more frugal in the relationship, you might need to compromise just a little bit because this is a special day. But at the same time, if you want to make sure that you're starting off your life together on the right financial foot, communicating ahead of time before you spend gobs of money on your wedding day, it's a really important conversation to have, not just once, but continue to have as you plan your wedding out. Another thing to consider is to give yourself actually less time to plan. That might sound weird, but typically the further away you set your wedding date, the longer you have to fret about the details and the easier it is to spend more money on your wedding. So if you create a shorter window of wedding planning, the likelihood is you're going to spend less money overall too. And one more thing, we would recommend you to consider buying your wedding decor and other items used. You can buy wedding dresses, decor, uh, backdrops, just all sorts of wedding related things that someone else has already paid full price on. So there's different sites like WeddingRecycle.com or Bravo Bride, Tradesy as well. You can buy a lot of wedding decor up there, but let somebody else take that hit, right? Yeah, it's got to be like the equivalent of buying a new car, right, Matt? Where you take that huge hit driving yeah. off the lot. Same thing with wedding items. Yeah, there's a certain amount of depreciation that happens immediately upon use. Yeah, and if you don't want to wear a used wedding dress, there are so many more affordable ways to get a wedding dress these days than there used to be. And the same thing with men's apparel. Oftentimes, lots of guys are wearing suits these days so that their groomsmen can wear those suits again, as opposed to paying a one-time kind of exorbitant rental fee for a tuxedo. Yeah, and for a tuxedo that doesn't fit you well at all. I really dislike the tux rentals. I mean, it's a part of the industry, but it doesn't have to be. And that's what's so good about, I think, the way that we're approaching weddings is that focus on what's important to you. If, say, you're really into fashion, man, maybe splurge and get that nicer dress or get that nicer suit. But that might mean that you're spending less money on some of the other aspects of the wedding that aren't important to you. Make it your own. Yeah, I think it's important, Matt, for folks not to cheap out but also not to blow it out either. This is an important day, but it's also not a day worth going into debt over or completely stressing out yourself and your entire family over. That's right, man. You want to take us back to the beer? So today we drank Juice Pack Double Dry Hopped Pale Ale by Tupps Brewery. They're out of Texas. And this beer had some nice citrus and fruity notes. It was pretty much exactly as advertised. Kind of tasted like a hoppy juice pack. 
Yeah, man, it's been a minute since we've had a pale ale on, especially something double dry hopped, right? I don't know if we've ever had a double dry hopped pale ale on the show, but easy drinking for me. This is It gets me kind of fired up and ramped up for some warmer weather here soon. It certainly had some of that hop presence and that hop punch, but yeah, enough fruit to make it easy drinking. So if you know you like pale ales, maybe it's time to graduate to some double dry hopped pale ales. Yeah, so for folks that don't know what dry hopping is, usually that means that the brewer adds a secondary round of hops later on in the brewing process, and that actually kind of creates a little bit more, more than anything, of that aroma that comes off the beer. And so, yeah, this beer definitely, when we opened it and when we poured it in the glass, it kind of hit us in the nose. And I think that's why it truly felt like a juice pack, right? Yeah. <laughs> like those beer commercials where they've got the brewers with their hands and the hops and they're burying their face in it, sniffing it. That's kind of how this beer drinks. <laughs> and I love that. Yeah. So thanks to our listener, Jake in Texas for sending us this beer as well. All right, Joel, it is time now for our final thoughts. And you know, there are so many things that we did not discuss. Like there are just lots of ways, lots of small ways that really add up where you can save money. But we're kind of focusing today on the big things, right? Just like in our monthly budgets, we tend to focus on the big things like housing, transportation, food. Like those are the things that have the largest impact on our budget. And when it comes to budgeting for a wedding, there's just a, a few big things that have the largest impact on your wedding budget. And that's what we talked about on this episode. Uh, but before we get to those sort of big ticket items, you need to prioritize with your partner and decide what it is that you want your day to feel like and what you want it to look like. And please keep in mind that you can skip tradition. You need to focus on the aspects of the wedding that are going to be most important to you. And one of the biggest line items where that wedding budget is typically going to go is for the location of the wedding. You can make a massive dent in the overall cost of your wedding by picking a more affordable location and also by having the ceremony and the reception in the same event space. Oh, and don't forget a venue that will allow you to BYOB as well. And also, man, guest counts. Keep in mind that every single person you invite to your wedding, you're going to have to pay for. And if you're looking at uh, prices anywhere between $50 and $70 a head, that really adds up. So make sure that every person who you are actually inviting to your wedding, that you actually want them to be there and that you're not just inviting them there out of obligation. Sorry, Aunt Edna, you just didn't make the cut. Ultimately, though, your wedding is an incredibly special day and you want to make it feel special, but it doesn't take necessarily a ton of money in order to make that happen. Like we said earlier, don't cheap out, but don't blow it out either. You're going to look back on this day with fondness by remembering it with your partner and the other people that you enjoyed it with. It's not worth going into debt, even for a day as special as a wedding. And just like we do with our finances, every single day, we focus on the aspects that are important to us, the things that we actually care about. And then we find ways to cut back on the areas that we don't care about, the things that don't matter. In the same way, you want your wedding to be a reflection of you and your personality as a couple. And so make sure the money that you spend reflects that. And before our wrap-up, man, I want to do a quick thanks to Bree Owens of Chainsey Charm Atlanta. She uh, helped us out with this episode and gave us some great tips. So Bree, thank you so much. And as always, you can find show notes at howtomoney.com for this episode. We'll have links to all those important websites that we mentioned during the show. And if you've been listening to this podcast and have enjoyed it and have found it helpful, we would be happy for you to leave a review up on Apple Podcasts. You know, but if you feel like we've got some room for improvement, we also want to hear from you and we want to hear that feedback. You can hit us up at howtomoney.com slash do better. Yeah, constructive criticism is so helpful. All right, Joel. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. 
It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello! Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.